0: We also need to talk about Matters Royal because there's so much going on in multiple ways. Later in the show, we'll be talking about the question of reparations. But the royal journalist and commentator and author, Robert Jobson, has a new book out. And he's resurrecting all sorts of uh, stories that uh, that he's uh, sourced and come out. And uh, delighted he's with me now this morning on Ty's Talk. Robert, thanks for being with us here this uh, this easter sunday great to great to see you so um you've got uh, you've got a, an exciting new book out entitled our king it's serialized in the mail and the mail on sunday i've just been enjoying the snippets i mean you really have uh sort of identified some of the uh, the massive issues over the last couple of years um, Tell us, first of all, uh, how long does it take to write a book like this? How how hard is it? Uh, you know, you've, obviously you, you've got your own sources and you have to check and double check. How long does this take to write such a book?
1: Well, it's blood, sweat and tears, really, writing <laughs> a book. Um, the reality is I, I wrote a book called Charles Seventy, um, you know, five years ago, so just about. So I had a good foundation. I've spent... 33 years as Royal Correspondent in various Fleet Street uh, places, so, and now the Evening Standard. So, yeah, I've got a pretty idea, good idea what's going on. I've got good sources. I broke the fact that Charles Merrick was um, were getting married. So, you know, uh, people sniff at anonymous sources, but, um, you know, they, they exist and, and they're real. So a book like this, um, this has probably been in the work in many, many years, five years, six years, to write it. Uh, Once you've got the deal with a publisher, once published by John Blake through Bonnier, once you've got that deal, you've probably got about eight months, nine months, which is a push.
0: And and a fascinating story about the Platinum Jubilee, that that absolutely incredible moment when the Queen came out on the balcony, but uh, the the, the subtext behind that uh, you write about.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the Queen at ninety six, I think, was 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 heroic in what she did that day. I mean, I've had some tweets from you know people I frankly don't respect from the Republic organisation saying what was heroic about that. Well, I, I, and, and why was it heroic that she wasn't didn't want to be seen in, in a wheelchair? Well, because she's representing the country. You can't be head of state if you're in a wheelchair. In terms of the way that, in terms of the way people will start viewing you, in terms of her perception, you could easily be head of state in a wheelchair if that's the perception you're happy with. But she wasn't happy with that, and Her Majesty at ninety six should be respected um, to be to present herself the way she wanted. And on that day, she wasn't feeling great. You know, we now know that she probably had um, you know a form of cancer, and, she, and I think the, the then Prince of Wales, the now King urged her to, to, to make that final farewell, farewell really, on the balcony. You know, there was never going to be a jubilee like it again, and there never probably will be. And she was flown in, and then all the staff behind the scenes were getting, you know, wheeled to the right place until she got to the, the the cusp of that balcony, where out came the trusty stick, and off she went, you know, unaided to wave and give that what happened to be the final salute. Now, I've got a few Republicans out there saying, well, what was hero- I think heroic I, about that? That's heroic,
0: in my opinion. Completely heroic. And what it, what it, I think, uh, reveals to us all is that incredible sense of determination, dedication, service to her people, and it's, it's that lasting image that we've all got uh, in perpetuity. That radiant smile, she looked fantastic in that green outfit. I mean, that's just... That's timeless. I mean, look, it's priceless.
1: Angela Kelly did a terrific job dressing her that day. She was in, you know, that beautiful bright colours so everybody could see her. What what people don't understand is that that's, that's her doing her duty. They wouldn't have known she was in terrible pain. Only the immediate family would have known that. And possibly really only the then Prince of Wales, the King, because, you know, she would have confided in him deeply. But it was down to him, and he said, look, you know you've really got to come, if you can make that final salute, this is your salute to the people. You know, this is the salute where Churchill, this is the balcony where Churchill joined the king, this is the balcony where yeah. she had waved after a wedding and the coronation. So it's a hugely important moment to all those people and I do think it's heroic and I do say, you know, people that keep wanting to Send ridiculous tweets. Well, you know, maybe when you're 96, if you make it that to that stage, and you can do anything. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I
0: appreciate I, it. You know. I think it's I think it's timeless and priceless, and essentially, it's it's with the nation forever. Um, I was also struck by the uh, the lovely story of her telling off uh, the then Prince William, now the Prince of Wales, uh, with his helicopter flight. What was that all about, Robert? Well, you know he's a he's a
1: he's a great pilot. I've seen him in live and doing all sorts of tricks with his uh, uh, skills, and obviously he's very competent. But I think what the Queen is, you know, always used to wear like the King does now: two hats. One as a head of a family, and one with a crown. And she's always conscious of the continuity, and was always conscious of the continuity of the crown. And it's important that the air doesn't travel really. The air to the spare and the spare don't travel together because of safety. Now. He was flying up, I think it was the day of the ideal, uh, no, the Chelsea Garden Centre, and he flew his entire family up to Norfolk. Oh, well, I know not she was very happy about that. It was the day that she appeared in that buggy, and she, she gave a ticket off saying, you know, you've got, you've got a responsibility to the line of succession. Now, I'm not saying that that's a dig at Harry and Meghan. What I'm saying is, you know, you have a responsibility to the line of succession, and helicopters, look, there have been some pretty awful helicopter crashes, haven't they, involved the chairman yeah. of West- uh, but, I think am um, at Chelsea, so it can happen. I'm no, not saying it would happen, but... You know, it it, pretty it pretty can have, I just
0: It's a priceless story, the concept of the Queen telling off her grandson. Uh, but you're right, st- strategically, it's it's a very important rule that the royal family has, which is uh, not to have two members of the same family in uh, travelling together, without question. Uh, just finally, Robert, there's, there's sort of the, the future-looking story you've got about the King and, indeed, the, the now Prince of Wales slimming down their staff? I mean, this is obviously quite significant in royal terms and the ho- overall household.
1: Well, it always comes down to money in the end, Richard, you know, because Parliament will be all going through all how much money the monarchy costs. Every MP is accountable to his constituents, and there's some of those constituencies that don't want the monarchy, don't think it's relevant to them. So I think ultimately the king has always realised he wants to streamline the monarchy so that it's funded by the Duchy of Lancaster, the sovereign grant, and the, the Prince of Wales will be, uh, William will be funding his, his family through the, through the Duchy of Cornwall. Well, both of those duchies, past the duchy from the left-hand side, or whatever it was, generate something like £25 million every year, that trust. And that's what they were established for, landed trust for that reason. The sovereign grant, that pays for all the rest of the travel and other things. Now, that comes directly um, out, out of um, the taxpayers. So, those two trusts are there. And, of course, the king wants money for money. Yeah, and and I think that you know he's realising that, well, no, he's long realised that you can't really expect to be you know he's not he's not some sort of housing association for yeah. cousins you know he, he's there to represent the monarchy and they're pretty well off some of these other cousins so yeah. cut your cloth get your own houses and if you want to work for the monarchy that's great you'll get you know you'll get paid along the way but the reality is it is coming down in size naturally. Harry and Meghan, they've gone off to, you know, do their own thing.
0: Maybe coming yeah. back when it suits them. Then you've got um, Andrew, wants to keep going. So, so uh-huh. finally, Robert, before I let you go, my question for every guest today, this Easter day, what would you like to resurrect, Robert? <laughs> my father. <laughs> oh, bless. Wonderful. Uh, me too with my mother, Robert. Thank you very much indeed. Happy Easter to you. Uh, That's uh, Robert Jobson, the author and royal commentator and journalist. He's got a new book out, Our King, I think it's coming out this week and is clearly going to be a fabulous read. Uh, Do get a copy of that. It's serialised in the Mail on Sunday and I think yesterday's Mail.